Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 2nd of May, the day after May Day, uh, 2019. This is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, later on in the show, we're going to be joined by um, by Chris by Chris Regan, um, a uh, one of the one of the more fun brains in analytics, schema, machine learning, uh, SEO, uh, search management, innovation, and such. He's coming up in the second segment. Um, busy week this week. Um, Dave, Dave, how are you doing, man? I am. Uh, I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. Um, you know, it's not it's not beautiful and sunny here, but uh, you know, I've actually got a friend who who's just in town here um, that I haven't seen since high school, and I get to I get to hang out with her for a bit on on Saturday. And she's coming from Calgary, where like her plane almost didn't get to take off because it was ice and uh, and snow on the strip. So I was like, okay, well, you know what? It's gorgeous here. You know, it's not sunny, but it's warm, so I'll take it. Right on. Um, nicer than we on the East Coast got, but, uh, you know, right on. <laughs> Long <laughs> week. Um, lots, of, lots of, uh, fun news stuff to talk about. I think one of the, 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 the bigger one this week is an announcement that was make it, made at the Facebook uh, conference, uh, F8. They're coming out with an e-commerce and payment platform. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think this goes beside was it Facebook's secret crush? Um, I think this sort of uh, is bigger than that announcement. Yeah, it didn't make the headlines quite as much, um, but yeah, from a from a business standpoint, um, you know, it, it it certainly does. This is finding you know more than just you know finding out some weird connections that are going on you know, around, uh, around the web, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and going to, to direct monetization. Um, I think they'll be rewarded, um, with it. This is just my, my hunch. I think in the end, I don't, I don't expect it to go super well. Uh, but you know, if I, if I was an investor, um, you know, I, I'd probably, uh, get a few Facebook shares right now cause it'll probably go well for the next like quarter or two when they're announcing it you know, hey, here's a new monetization, and folks will get get excited and buy shares. But um, you know, I, 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 what do you think, Jeff? Like, I don't see this really taking off for them in any in any big way. I might be wrong, but uh, but what do you think? Well, uh, a couple things. One, it really depends on how um, users, if users can find ways of uh, relating to. Facebook's various platforms, and remember, Facebook isn't just the uh, uh, traditional Facebook.com interface. You're you're also looking at Instagram and WhatsApp, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, how can you sell stuff through through Instagram or WhatsApp? Um, Facebook is a really static environment. It almost feels like old web, um, even though it's like a really interactive environment. Where like Instagram, you're posting up these like instant, um, often video messages. Um, uh, 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 there's 
you have an Instagram page to go to, certainly, but there's not as much, I don't know how to say this, um, text continuity uh, or stuff to bog the person, the reader down. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think, I think that Instagram is a, is a way more exciting marketing platform than Facebook is, but more importantly, giving a place, giving people a, a place where they can display their wares and an easy to use, uh, way to, 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 to help somebody purchase it, you know, transact the money. Yeah. Um, I think that's the next, how to say this, if the web is to be our public space, you have to be able to fulfill your desires in it. And purchasing stuff is one of the primary ways of fulfilling desires in a you know commercial setting, right? Right. Um, if Facebook, I mean, Amazon is, surpassed, is quickly becoming a destination site, not just a shopping site. Because people can, can can research and find what they're looking for and then take action on, on that research. Where it's not so easy when you do the research through Google, then you have to find a way to buy the thing. No. Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram are now are now letting people do both at the same time uh, in, in whatever environment, whatever, however this environment gets established. Oh, so I think it's easy, but, okay. but it better work for them because... <laughs> Apparently, fourteen percent of Americans think that Facebook's like on its deathbed. Yeah, and you know, I mean, they may be thinking or, or settling to the same thing you were talking about earlier, right? Facebook isn't Facebook. Like Facebook can, and if Instagram takes off or new, you know, I mean, takes off, it's huge. But you know, if if it picks up the slack, you know, it, it'll do fine. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, there, there are definitely some advantages there when you, you know, you hit specific demographics. Instagram's a good call on your part. And, and I think lending itself to, to sort of the core idea being, you know, I've just seen a celebrity in these shoes and I can just click it and now I bought it. Right. Because they, I mean, they're using, you know, sort of processing. It, it, it's not going to be long until it's like, okay, buy these shoes, right? Like, or buy this shirt, whatever it is that happens to not even be advertised in that specific post. It's just, or in that specific image, it just, you know, they've detected that it's there. And, and so they're giving you an opportunity to buy really catching that spur of the moment. But where I think they, a big failing point is going to be for, for Facebook on this one is if I, if I follow the past like couple months of, of their messaging out, it seems to be uh, privacy breach. We're sorry, privacy breach. We're sorry, privacy <laughs> breach. We're sorry. Can we have your credit card number, please? Right. Yeah. Indeed. And I think that will be their, their, their undoing on, on this one. I wouldn't trust them with my credit card number. I mean, I do on the marketing side, which is kind of funny, but I don't have a choice there. <laughs> but, um, you know, on, on just like a, a lay person just going in, like I know I'll fight the battle because it's worth it to me. Um, you know, with, with, with the volumes of capital, if there was a you know breach and my credit card was, was taken, but with just a standard average person who probably is a little reluctant to trust even buying online still, or, you know, it just, you know, really needs that comfort level. And it's unfortunate for Facebook is all sorts of companies have these sorts of little hiccup issues, but Facebook is just like, it's just so many of them and they're so public and yeah, 14% think they're going to go down. And, you know, if you're just like, yeah, why bother? I can just go find them and buy them. Right. Like rather than just dumping it in anyway, we will see what we shall see. Cause right now we're both just kind of guessing. 
<laughs> there's, there's one other thing I'd, I'd be wary of if I was jumping into this. And face, Facebook might have it covered just by the nature of what Facebook is. Like Facebook is synonymous with, I don't know, the web to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But there's, there, and, and, and this is going to affect other businesses too. There has to come a time where there's like market saturation in any given tool, technology, or trend. Mm-hmm. And the trend on the web right now seems to be to capture the user and have them in your private garden as long as you possibly can and only in your little private walled garden. Mm-hmm. And that includes dealing with how, again, how they reach fulfillment, right? And you, you see all those video streaming services out there? Like, we have certainly reached peak video streaming service. There's just too damn many of them. Yeah. Um, the same thing is going to happen with payment platforms. If you can only purchase certain things on one platform and certain stuff over at Amazon, certain stuff over at Facebook, and you know, um, Shopify has a whole strata of other certain stuff you can only buy over there, um, the mechanism of ease of use kind of breaks down after a while. That, that, that's the only other worry I'd have. Well, you're right, and it, it ends up coming down to, to exactly your point is the small players will, will die. Um, in that environment, as, as it lends itself to, right? I get exhausted of even trying to figure out what to do, and so I go to Amazon. Right? Like, I, I, I get so, I mean, we all do, right? Like, you get exhausted when you're like, okay, where can I get this? Whatever, I'll list a thing I bought recently. Where do I get this motherboard, and where can I get the best deal on it? And then you've, after you've spent, you know, five, ten minutes, you're like, my time is worth more than this. Like, I've just burnt more time than the value of whatever I could save screw it, I'm going to Amazon, it'll just get done, I know it'll be here in two days, we're good to go. So I think that's where, you know, or Newegg, you know, I, I go there for specific products, but it's, it's shrinking down even what my will bother investigating, and, and to your point, I, I think that may happen. Um, I, one, one just quick point is, I, I was really limited in, in how I was viewing payment processing, so I should just, it's occurring to me now, I'm like, I'm going, you need to enter your credit card, that, that's not necessarily the case. It could be tied to the phone, which has a, a much higher security, right? Like if you're on the app, you know, that, then now it's just coming through directly on, on your phone's, um, you know, sort of bill and, and, and system there. So, Although um, being wary of Facebook is always good. But always it is still a good idea. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of sieves, <laughs> you know, now that we're on the, on the, uh, on the topic of sieves, search console. <laughs> between April 9th and 25th. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it couldn't go to the worst time because I'm actually battling some major issues with uh, with a client who's come with a, with a huge problem. And a lot of it has to do with indexing. And I was like, we just put in the, the fix and the fix settled in on the 10th. You can imagine how happy I was, like trying to like watch what's going on and then finding out, oh, we lost the data. So I can't even go back and get it. I'm like, you are kidding like, I can't see how this is progressing, but um, yeah, they're, they're just, they're not having good luck. They, they had news indexing issues. They've had, they've had Matt just general indexing issues. They've got search console issues. I logged into Google ads this morning, um, you know, and there's, there's a big announcement up at the, at the top of the screen, Google ads reporting for April 30th and May first Pacific is incorrect. We will update. Like, are you kidding me? What is going on over there? Um, I, I don't know. Google's having some real problems with, with holding and managing data. That is for darn sure. Do you remember a couple of years ago? I might, I might have even been back in like 2016. Time flies so dang fast when 
Sergey was telling you to um, vote Trump in your Google in your Google uh, search console reports. Did you did you get like the the crazy like? Uh, oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. If I just note to Google, if I were you, <laughs> back to that that kind of crap. I don't know. Uh, but somebody has obviously found a way to get like way the hell into Google, like way deep into Google and screw with stuff. This has been going. Yeah. This, 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 there's too many things to be anomalous. Um, not like I know what I'm talking about. I don't. I haven't a clue. But wow, eh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the the timing. I, I'm finding kind of interesting as well. Um, you know, we just had the, the some some major updates, right? Like that. I mean, you remember that. But then those, I, I would think, would be would be more on the the algorithmic systemic side of of just search. But perhaps they had to do with infrastructure and yeah. should be no connection. Should be. Makes um, you know, but they're, they're, by the same token, and, and I'm going to a, a site I'm working on right now. Um, there should be no connection between me putting up a site map for a website that no longer exists, and 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 just like John Mueller said, listing all of the pages that I need them to now index or, or crawl to see the redirects. Uh, there, there should be no correlation between that happening and all of a sudden those URLs being picked as the canonical for new content that's on a new domain. But yet here we are. <laughs> um, you know, so, but I, I know it, it was funny because it happened two days ago. We put the site map up and as of that day, the site dropped 20%, sustained the next day, dropped 20%, removed the site map um, yesterday night and now it looks like they're back. Right? I'm like, there's no reason for that, but clearly are Google's they? got some hiccups here. See, here's the, here's the funny thing. Like, the, the moment you say, it seems that they're back, the first thing that runs to my head is, but are they? Like, how the hell do you know? Well, the traffic is back, that I can back say. And tomorrow morning, I will know whether um, the URL, because I do, I do um, daily, mon you know, of course, daily monitoring of, of a bunch of uh, queries and landing pages. But as of right now, the traffic, because I monitor the traffic by hour, because we're trying to watch them go out, so... By actually, no, by every three hours, just so that I can see when it's going to cross over in a day. The same day last week, and um, it looks like it's back on track. So it, it's interesting. Um, but uh, anyway, that's we, we we can have a whole show, and I can go. Here's this arch of a. Of a uh, I was about to say a word I shouldn't, but I'll just say cluster. Um, that 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 Google sort of threw it uh, threw at somebody, and and the interesting scenario of trying to bail them out when nothing Google says to do. Uh, well, works. And uh, we're going to go to a break in a second, but a, a quick challenge to both to you and me for uh, for next week's show. Um, if this persists, then you can't trust your, the, 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 the SEOs can't trust the data they're getting from, from Search Console, right? Like, right. It's, um, it's it's just it's it's wrong. If we know it's wrong, we know it's wrong. So, what do you tell your client? So, challenge for next week: What do you replace Search Console data with? You know, right. what's what's the failsafe for the SEO here? Right. Good call. Good so call. Let's, you know, let, let's see if we can have a, a, a serious answer next week. But we got to get serious about um, you know some 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 actually really interesting stuff. Um, friends, we're going to be taking a break. Before we jump to break, you this is your chance. You're going to have two and a half minutes. Study schema as much as you can, and then think about what's going on. There's a couple of books you can read. They're, 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 they're probably sitting over there gathering dust. Check the index. 
Anyway, we're going to be back with Chris Regan. Uh, Dave and he are going to have a phenomenal conversation. But before that happens, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davis from Big Tech Internet Marketing. You're listening to Web College on webmastermedia.fm. We've got to take a break. Stick around. Interesting stuff coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. All right, guys. I want you to come up with an ad for a patented platform that lets you see any company's analytics accounts. I'm talking Amazon, Tesla, Netflix, etc. You know, see their sales and stats in real time. It's called Nacho Analytics. Tim? Nacho, regular analytics company. Charlotte. You can tap into analytics of major companies that don't want you to know how they're performing. Right. And you can also check the traffic and engagement for any influencer on any platform across all platforms. Tim? Okay. Let us help you grow your business. Bailey? So it helps you jump ahead in the concept and development stages so you can build your product better and ahead of schedule. Absolutely. Nacho Analytics lets you see anyone's analytics in real time. Tim? You'll be wondering, where has this company been my whole life? Tim! Sorry. Sales, subscribers, and stats all in one place, and the data is totally anonymous. Holy guacamole, that's good stuff. Ah, now you have me making puns. Let Nacho Analytics level the playing field. What will you do when you can lift the curtain on the internet? NachoAnalytics.com It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose. WebmasterRadio.fm, the destination for education and entertainment. Are you? Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 2nd of May, 2019. It's almost warm out universally from like coast to coast to coast <laughs> to coast. Um, there's probably four coasts in all corners of our flat-ass world. Um, this is Jim Edgerton, Always Media. Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And joining us in the studio is uh, Christopher Regan. Um, Chris, I hope I'm not 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 going <laughs> Name. I'm so sorry. And no, you, I, got it, you got it just right. Excellent. Well, Chris is a, is a digital marketer, um, uses um, well, 
Chris is a digital marketer working at the, I don't know, um, N-tenth level, in the N-tenth technical level. Um, JSON, um, schema, um, machine learning, artificial intelligence, and all sorts of neat stuff. Um, Chris, you and Dave have been crisscrossing each other at, uh, at, 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 at various conferences. Um, uh, uh, where were you last? What conference was I at last? I was yeah. uh, up in San Fran at the TensorFlow conference. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now your your listenership is just falling asleep. Oh, the listenership but, uh, is just like, oh, dude, really? Man. <laughs> <laughs> is this going to hurt? Is this conversation going to hurt me? <laughs> no, it's not. You know, I wanted to come on. It's great that, that you guys invited me because I just want to make I just want to make it clear that schema is every digital marketer's best friend. And uh, you know, it rolled out eight years ago, and eight years in our in our lifespan is uh, a million years ago, but it gets better and better. In fact, it just got updated yesterday. All right, let's let's dive in. But we're gonna go. We're gonna. Go, I, I do want to get there. <laughs> um, but let's start earlier. Like, uh, okay. uh, let's let's go back. Uh, just not earlier in time, but sort of uh, you know move back a bit in in the conversation. Let's just. We're gonna assume everybody knows what schema is. But let's talk for a second about where it impacts. Where does it have impact? Let's let's start with that question. Well. Um, when we go out and publish stuff way back in the day, um, we needed some metadata so that the computers that served as search engines could go and find our stuff more easily. So way back in 1995, a bunch of librarians started something called the Dublin Core Initiative or the Dublin Core Metadata Initiative. So let's all come up with a standard and how we can mark up stuff so that computers know what it is we just published out on the web. And eight years ago, um, Google, Microsoft, and a few others got together and said, hey, why don't we introduce kind of a new standard or framework for how you guys publish stuff so that our computers will know your stuff more easily? And that's schema.org. So it, it's funny because I just immediately I'm like, oh, right, Dublin Core. Like I even remember having that. And then there was a, a short window where we actually ha would have both, right? <laughs> both yeah. be on the same page. Um, now, I mean, a lot of people have heard about it. And there's, there's more schema than I, I think. You might know them all. I don't. Like, I got to look. At, okay, here's what I got to do. Let's look this up. And we can get to that part where you kind of made me feel like an idiot. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. And it was just with your breadth of knowledge. It's not, <laughs> not you were intending to do it. Um, you know, let's, let's go to what, before we get into the different types of scheme and who this would apply to and, and what people can do with it. Um, because yeah. I think that's the big takeaway. But before we get there, it's good for people to know where they're going to get to. Like it's, it's, it's helpful to know, ah, here's the part of search. Here's the part of the internet experience that I want to be. And here's how I want to be viewed there. How do I do that? Okay. Now you can sort of start, oh, okay. Which, which, 
which parts of schema or which parts of, of you know the, the SEO experience should I get involved in? So what does it unlock for me? What what does schema unlock on the web and and how does it influence what I might get in the way of traffic or branding? Well, um, let's think of it maybe from a, a standpoint of healthcare. If you are a definitive resource for publishing stuff about healthcare, um, and let's say you're Medline Plus, which is a great resource um, published by the NIH in the US, and you want to publish about, say, Hodgkin disease. Well, you've got a definitive how-to, super straightforward, no-nonsense, definitive, massive um, um, section of information about Hodgkin. So you would add um, not only Dublin Core metadata, but you'd add schema.org metadata, if you will, or structured data using something called the medical web page. And that would be your kind of parent framework from schema. And then you would go in and fill all the different attributes out so that it's very clear to Googlebot, Bingbot, that you really know what it is you're talking about. And so that schema that you've used is greatly representative and mirrors all the content and content sections and headers throughout what you've published. So bingo, and there you are, and you get a knowledge panel right there on page one. And um, you've just benefited by all the investment you've spent in making all that data, getting it all ready to be published, and then you've added the final coup de grace to that work by making it very easy for Googlebot to know what it is. And there you go. But doesn't Google do that by themselves? Can't they can't they understand just from the, the keywords on the page? I'm asking a leading question, of course. <laughs> I, 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 I was grinning ear to ear. Yeah, well, you know, of course, the NIH already comes with so much authority. But what if you're in a very, very competitive uh, field, such as um, selling uh, the latest models of Toyotas? Or what if you're a resort in Napa Valley and you want to stand out beyond all the other resorts because there are tons throughout Napa Valley, Sonoma, whatever. Um, the more information, the more details you can convey about what you do and what you offer, how great your services or products are, um, the more robust information you can share to the search engines, the more they know about you. If I met you at a restaurant and I was interviewing you, I'd want to know more about who you are, where you went to school, what you do, what your hobbies are, this and that. Same sort of a thing. And here's Schema offering us a great opportunity to tell the search engines more and more about what we do and why we exist, why we publish that web page, that website, all of its sections, etc. Well, it's, it, as I understand it, Chris, it's not only to, to tell them more, but it's also to sort of like facilitate entry into other features of the search engine, as, as you noticed, as you noted, like the, the, the knowledge panel. Um, fill, out, fill out the scheme information, the search engine is better able to interpret what's on your page. 
Right, we can break it down. So I need I need um, um, last minute reservations for a resort. Well, if in your schema you had noted that in fact you do accept last minute reservations and have many on sale, wouldn't that help the user at the end of the day to say, "Great, this is a click I want to make," and and then I see that also visually as a human, not not as Googlebot. And I see that I can just click there and make that reservation right now. Boom, we're all set. So it helped the publisher, and it also helped Google by giving a great SERP um, to the searcher. Okay. Here's something that is hard for webmasters to, to like wrap their heads around. But okay. um, please correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a schema for virtually everything, right? <laughs> well, there were core schemas for products and services. And now they're getting extended out over to hospitality, much more in healthcare, of course, across automotive and, of course, financial services. And then it just keeps going and going and going. And uh, so it's getting to be much more expansive across industries as a whole and then niche industries. So where if um, I run a ski, a ski and boot rental kiosk in at a much larger ski resort right. and I have a little web page and I want people to know that I that I have the best skis and bindings on the mountain where would I go to look up the information to know what schema what schema markups to use and, and how to use them well uh, you go to schema.org and just type in product because you're talking about skis okay. and also go to schema.org and go to travel Okay. Because you're providing products at a travel destination. Okay, so so it's not just the product itself, but it but um, other other markups could indicate how the product would be used, why right. the pro the price points, hours, etc. Right. So you're you're selling your skis um, at a mountain somewhere, and that's a tourist attraction. So why not go into tourist attraction and take a look at all of the elements that you could add and look at the different examples that are provided, uh, say, without markup for your HTML, then with using microdata or RDFA or the one you really ought to be using, which is JSON-LD. So it's pretty straightforward if you just want to set aside that time to go and say, well, I have skis, which are products, and I sell them at my tourist destination. Okay, so let me go in and take a look at all the template examples provided at schema.org and start to fill in the different pieces and sections that say much more about me within the framework specific to products and travel um, using any of these schema examples presented to you. Right on. Now, I mean, we, we were actually talking because I, like, I'm sure, you know, right. Like Yoast, you know, in, in version 11 had, sure. had added, added, added schema in there. So it's, it's something we've talked about recently here. Um, and now we're sort of touching in, um, on an area that they were proud to have covered. Uh, and, and, and sort of rightfully so, but we're taking it to, to, to a much higher level in, in our conversation here. Um, what they refer to as defragmented. So, the, I mean, basically for, for listeners, the idea of embedding schema sort of inside schema. I, I'm making, I'm misusing terminology there. I know what you mean. 
Yeah. Um, so because you, you touched there on, okay, your travel location, right? And your, and your product. And heck, there may even be other schema that you could, you could put on, on any given page, right? I, I have seen instances where I look and go, yeah, three apply, right? Like that just, that just happens. Um, so how important is it to defragment um, your schema and, and sort of create it all as, as one sort of big, big pocket where each thing is dependent on another? Or um, is that important at all? And as long as you get each one in there, because sometimes defragmenting is, is horrible, right? Like you got your organizational system, the header, right? Or <laughs> the global header, because that's just easier to deal with. And, uh, you know, and sort of putting each one individually as, as it applies. What, what route is, is better than others? Um, if you're doing that. Right. Great question, especially since EOS rolled that out and they um, spoke about, you know, putting it all in one block rather than having one that's uh, JSON-LD for, say, breadcrumbs, one for location, one for travel destination, and another one for products, and another one for services. Right. Um, you can work it together so that you could build your own into one solid block where you're calling to different types all within that one block. So it could be products and then a subsection that includes tourist attractions so that at the beginning of your JSON-LD, I mean, that's it. It's just one solid block of JSON-LD. So that takes some, uh, a lot of trial and error. And, <laughs> but, you know, it, it gets easier, and it gets easier pretty darn fast. You know, it's just like if you're trying to write JavaScript or, or something like that, or you're going into um, Google Data Studio for the first time, you're going to say, darn it, I hate that red part, and that, that being the error part. But that's okay. You learn it pretty fast. It's just like back in the day of learning to write HTML. You're like, oh, gee. Well, this is kind of turning into a pain in the butt. I thought it'd be easier, but it gets it gets a lot easier. It really, really does. Well, at some point, you quickly realize chances are it's a comma. You left one in where you yeah. shouldn't have. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, that's probably the problem. At least that's what I found when I'm doing it. But um, yeah, because it it is very, very specific, isn't it? Like if you want to validate that. Just go to Google Structured Data Testing Tool, run it through it, and it'll give you a general idea that you've got a little problem over here. And make yeah. sure you do that before you publish it. Because your first time, I mean, we all talk about the first time you publish is the most important time, I'll tell you, inside scoop or common sense, depending on how you want to look at it. The first time you publish your JSON-LD, try to make it the best you can. I promise, uh, I, I know this from deep experience. So try to make sure those errors are out there. Also, don't go nuts. Don't include that, you know, our, our hotel's um, pet dog, our, our, our dog is also our mascot. Our mascot's name is Scruffy. And Scruffy was a Dalmatian. And uh, Scruffy came from the Napa Valley. Um, <laughs> Is this because the surgeon just won't care? Lost Dog Foundation, and then you're going to put a URI behind it inside of the JSON-LD to that Lost Dog Foundation that's you know, right here in Marin County. Don't do that. Okay, uh, Chris, earlier, uh, just a few moments, you said that the first time you, 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 you post it, you want to make sure you get it right. So I got to ask, what's yeah. the worst that could happen if you don't? <laughs> Oh, 
You don't. Yeah, I'm, I had to think. Sorry. You okay. Don't, you don't want to um, uh, if if um, it, you don't want to associate, say, a description with an object within your JSON-LD schema. Um, what you're going to say initially is going to be remembered. Put it that way. How's that sound? Okay, so if you so, if you set it off on the wrong foot, then yeah. Google might have a mis a misinterpretation that's really difficult to correct later on. Right. So if if you own that resort where you sell those ski boat ski boots, mm -hmm. um, you have a restaurant there. Its name is uh, Mary's Cafe, and and your description you might want to say it's always serving modern fare you know, and family friendly. Now it may really specialize in Spanish food, but you know, next year they may switch the menu to French food. So try to keep it more generic rather than pigeonholing yourself into a lengthy description. Why um, one year, you know, your first time you're saying that it specializes in beef bourguignon and a bunch of fancy omelets. You might just want to say it's family friendly and uh, open these hours and try to keep it a little more streamlined. A couple of years ago, um, around, if uh, as I understood it, if you had say a job posting and you and you messed up the schema in that, Google would just remove the remove that page from from its index. Was uh, does that still happen? No, no, I don't see that. I don't see that. Um, and if you do have an error, it's not going to go in that you have just done something horrendously wrong and that you're reckless in trying to, um, you know, rig the system. Um, if you have an error and it got published as an error, just go in and fix that error. But... Um, Oh, no, no, but that Google would catch the error and then just not list the page. Um, no, I have Something about that. improper schema broken, as I understood it. No, I just keep your ducks in a row to start. Keep all your traditional metadata um, on the page. Make sure everything else is legit, copacetic, um, you know, is HTML5 compliant. Um, and just go in and fix it. No, you won't see a, you won't get dinged for that. Okay. Um, we're having a, a quick debate in the studio whether we've got time for another question or we should go to a break. And when you have that kind of debate, the right thing to do is probably go to the break. <laughs> um, so, we're gonna, the, Chris, we can get you to hang around for, for a couple minutes while we, while we do a quick commercial, eh? Okie doke. I really appreciate that. So, on behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. You are listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. May 2nd, 2019. Stick around. We've got more interesting stuff with Chris Regan coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. 
What if you had access to analytics from the most visited sites on the web? Think about real-time sales and signups from Amazon and Netflix, stats and engagement from Slack and HubSpot, all on one patented platform. That's Nacho Analytics. Nacho is perfect for details on your product design and development, instant for influencer info, and fantastic for real-time financial figures. Level the playing field today for your business with Nacho. What are you doing? All this Nacho talk got me hungry. Level the playing field today for your business with NachoAnalytics.com. Seriously? The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries into the 2019 International Web Award Competition. Sign up now at www.webaward.org. Web Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site. And winners go to, well, you'll have to see for yourself. You can't win if you don't enter. Deadline for entries is May 31st, 2019. Go to org and sign up today. Online, anytime. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology and webmasterradio.fm. It's May the 2nd, 2019. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And we're back with Chris Reagan. Uh, Dave, you were about to jump in with a question, so, bro, go for it. Yeah, we were we were talking, or Chris, I guess, we weren't, you were, um, talking about don't go crazy, right? And I think that, that's great advice. I mean, even within one sort of set of schema, not even getting into the discussion about, okay, and now we're talking about mascots, and we're talking about where they're from, and then we're putting in the, you know, location, local business schema for the pound, that, you know, whatever, <laughs> the Dalmatians, you know, all of that sort of stuff, um, which, which would obviously be going crazy. Um, if you look, and I, I can see this causing a, a lot of confusion for, for a lot of people, you'd mentioned going over to schema, you know, you go over to whatever the local business, you know, sort of outline. Cause you, you know, that that's, that's where you're going to, you're going to start your quest and you take your advice and you sort of scroll down to the bottom where they have some samples and, you know, tip for folks. That's usually where I start. I usually just dump the, the me personally, I'm interested to hear how you do, but I usually just grab the example. I put it straight into the, uh, structured data testing tool. And then I just start editing it there. Sure, <laughs> sort of sure, where I go. Sure, sure. Um, and so, okay, you, you've copied that over and then you scroll up and, and you, you go, okay, you know, these, this is just the default sample they've given and here's all the properties that I can apply. Right. How do I know or how do I guess or how do I think about which ones are worth doing? Great question. Uh, let's approach it as digital marketers. If I were to go out and put a and start constructing a large uh, paid campaign, I'd go out and start looking at what people for what I sell, provide, or do in my for my business or my client. What 
is their kind of search persona. And we we can go into different tools, SCM, REST, HREFs, you know, and kind of figure out, so what else are they doing? What else are they searching for? So start to look at what are the other elements that may come as a surprise that they're looking for in addition to what you think is your core business. We're all about this. Well, it turns out, you know, to use the ski boots again and the resort kind of example, maybe they're looking for a resort in the summer. Maybe they want to come and visit you and maybe you forgot about that. So maybe you want to put in some additional uh, information about, you know, the weather here in May is just gorgeous or July or whatever it is. And um, start to uh, only expand. So basically net net only expand the kind of stuff you're putting into schema that really is part of your, your core and broader core reason for being, reason for publishing on your domain and all of your page sections. <laughs> and, um, but keep in mind, for some industries, um, it can be much more detailed, say, for healthcare, whereas um, for travel and hospitality, um, um, it could be much broader, broader terms. Um, and what do I need to really put in breadcrumbs? Well, probably not. Do you already have your breadcrumbs on your page? Do you have title tags on your breadcrumbs? I think you're okay right now. Don't, you know, that would be, you know, your ROI on that sort of effort, spending four hours working on breadcrumb section of your JSON all day schema might be a complete waste of time. Okay, so there, there are other ways to pass that information to Google. Uh, we know that, uh, that, 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 that Google is very concerned with uh, some websites, and they fall into the category, your money or your life. Um, and Google right. wants to uh, be sure that this is the, the most accurate information because this is financial or health-related actionable stuff that people might actually take seriously. Is there a, um, a standard, a, um, a way that Google judges the, the data that they're being fed through schema um, or, or any extra data beyond beyond what, what is visible on the page um, that, that that webmasters should know they're being they're being measured against well that's a huge question of course um, well in the case of let's say financial you're if you're going to be putting in rates up onto your up onto your web pages for humans to see and therefore Googlebot to see you're going to want to have those rates um, and descriptions um, in your schema. But if you're going to be updating on a dynamic basis, what you're offering is for, say, a percentage rate for some sort of a loan, say a mortgage, you're going to want to have all that done programmatically. So as soon as Bill or Mary updates um, those, say, that mortgage rate, or that yield on XYZ investment and is then publishing it out on Facebook, on the Google Display Network, whatever. Uh, and then over to all of your web pages and any of your subdomains. That's got to update instantly uh, within your schema um, framework uh, behind the scenes in your HTML. Yeah, that's so pretty if, dynamic. Yeah, so if you're. 
if you're in a your money or your life or you're in a very seriously um, uh, overseen industry or industry segment, um, you want to work with your dev team hand in hand in a very diligent, focused way to make sure that there is no lag time between what you're publishing publicly that is botted immediately to make sure that your schema, which is going to be botted immediately, is absolutely in sync with those crucial numbers. Well, it's funny. I, I, I think that the, the keyword, the one keyword that just jumps off the off of that last quote is the word immediately. How? You can do that programmatically. I mean, if you're going to be putting in, if you're working on an enterprise level and you're working with a kind of a serious CMS uh, of any flavor, you want to make sure that you all of your schema um, code, let's use JSON-LD as an example, is absolutely immediately in sync with any changes that are made through the CMS on the part of your publishing teams. Right, and that's right. A, not only a word to the wise for uh, industries under extreme um, compliance focus, healthcare, financial services, but even back to that hotel resort. The more you are kind of uh, extremely and consistently coherent to Googlebot and Bingbot, the more you will reap the rewards of deploying schema. Right, and that makes perfect sense. Um, now, an area, and, and I virtually guarantee every listener here, if, if you haven't done schema, you're going to hit this. You've probably hit it. I've certainly hit it. Um, so you, 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 you take your sample, right? You're, you take your, your, your example schema. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you put it in there. You, you've looked through. You've seen a few other things that, that you'd like to, you know, okay, this applies and this sort of hits a nail on the head for, for you know, my audience, you know, is going to want, okay, well, I've got some review or whatever. You, you hit it and you go, okay, I've got a warning. And then you go through your warnings and you go, I can't fill that one out. What do you do? Like, how important is it when your, your schema, let's not mean, let's not talk about technical validation, like make sure that your commas are in place. That is just, you're, you're sort of breaking the entire thing if you don't do that. Um, and you'll, you'll lead to a misunderstanding. But if there are actually elements of it, which are either recommended or, necessary right for the schema to validate what if you have some in and those elements aren't there and let's talk about them differently warnings and actual like this isn't valid schema yes. because you're right. missing right well let's say uh, things have kind of ratcheted up on the uh, product schema side where you are very much encouraged to go ahead and include a SKU or a GTIN or maybe uh, it's going to really push you for a Dun & Bradstreet number. Well, at the at the end of the day, if you have a bunch of products and you don't have SKUs, start making them up and start sticking them in. I mean, sorry, but <laughs> if, if you're up to uh, 100 products, isn't it time just in general for your own CRM ERP system to start having for all your products and saying, you know, no, that's the black magic frisbee as opposed to the white, um, you know, glow in the dark frisbee. Give it a skew. And that serves just an example. I don't mean to be short and uh, and curt about it. I'm just saying, 
maybe there's some common sense being shown in those areas where you haven't filled it in in the items that are necessary in order to complete out this kind of profile, if you will, of the products and services and what you do for a living for what you do online. Okay, that, you know, you're, you're actually bringing up a good point. I have yet to see a case where I get an error, so one that is required, that I couldn't, uh, okay, yeah, I really should have like put that in. It was just going to be a pain in the butt to do it, right? <laughs> so I wasn't putting it in the default. Right. I really should. But how about warnings? Like, I, I have seen some of the warnings where it's like, okay, this actually isn't Great. something yeah. I can get. Um, how important is that? Don't freak out. Um, go ahead and uh, have that pop dart or whatever, um, and and kiss your girlfriend, wife, whoever. Good night. Have a sleep. Get up in the morning and say maybe I should uh, give this some attention. Don't freak out because I still see that schema data reflected in SERPs, even for uh, publishers that have, you know, three to eight warnings, especially on the product side. Right, right. So, okay, and that's what I sort of was was expecting. Now, what do you think? Because you talked earlier before we went to break then about knowledge panels. So let's let's circle back to the purpose. Schema isn't just schema. Yes, it reinforces what you're saying on the page and, and, and takes away any sort of, you know, fog that Google might have and go, okay, I think I know what this page is about. Maybe not. No, here's the schema. It's telling you exactly what it's about. But you were talking earlier about knowledge panels. Um so, I mean, we can deal with warnings. Actually, you know, let's just start at the very beginning. How the heck does schema influence knowledge panels? <laughs> Why don't we make this um, even more uh, basic and talk about, so schema is about, um, are you in fact, if you're an authority and you're an expert, and you know where I'm going on this, mm -hmm. and you are trustworthy, go ahead and ex detail that out uh, in a very straightforward fashion um, using a schema type that you find in schema.org and you can build upon that, even make it a little bit more robust. And if everything contained inside of that matches everything that's published and human viewable on all of your web pages, then you've just increased your, we'll call it the Google Eat algorithm compliance, right? Right. Right. So if you really are the authority and you've got the, if you've got the goods, the publishing, the images, the how-to, the Q&A stuff on your website, if you've got the stuff to prove it, haven't you just kind of stepped into Google's Eat algorithm update and really fulfilled it? And don't you have a better chance of being thought of as the authority when I ask, you know, what are the safest CBD products or where can I get knee surgery quickly in Los Angeles? Something like that. You know, an, an example I'm going to give from just like from real life um, to, to sort of reinforce your point. And I just run a test. It's funny because the, the client is a, is a property manager, um, but they had this, this page in their blog on, on a clam chowder that just kept ranking well. And I was like, okay. And they actually had a few <laughs> forms of, it was actually a few recipes on the page from the area they were from. Um, right. And it was a different one that kept getting the featured snippet. And so I went in, I put the schema and I put the schema for each removed any to to your point just helping google clarify and now they understood which recipe was which and in which list items and you know did a did an inspect in search console and five minutes later they had the featured snippet um, wow 
you know, in, in, in the order um, with an ordered list instead of, you know, this paragraph that the other site holding. So it, it's, it's uh, I think to your point, it helps remove that fog and allows them, especially when you've got multiple things on a page, which is what we're talking about here. You've got your person, you've got your place, you've got what kind of things. And it just goes, these are all the different things. And here's what each of them means rather than trusting them to sort of go, here's a mess of words and entities. Let's just, <laughs> try and sort this all out and how they connect together. So, so um, you structured your content for your client and you reap the rewards and, and scheme is all about structuring your content. Yeah. Then the, of course we can call it structured data. That's when people start mm -hmm. to fade out and get fall asleep, but don't, this is a great way of really being more emphatic more straightforward, using common sense in conveying to Googlebot and Bingbot what it is we're all about. There we oh. go. Um, okay, Christopher Reagan, thank you so much for joining us on Webcology. We've gone full circle. We're uh, pretending played out like we don't even have to the niceties. But again, Chris Reagan, thank you so much for spending time on, on Webcology. On behalf of Dave Davies for Beanstalk Internet Marketing, it's Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm, 2nd of March, 2nd of May, 2019. Stick around the network. There's some great stuff coming up after the, after, after the news. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.